Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. What's up, Greg? Hey, Chris, 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 it is 2020. Oh my gosh, 2020? Yes. What happened to the last decade? I don't know, it just flew by. It flew by. I mean, I don't know. It's, it honestly still feels weird that the year is 2020. It, it just sounds like like a vision, you know? Yeah, like, it's... It, it's like my vision. I'm 2020. Yeah, I mean, it literally feels just like last week it was 2019. Literally, right? Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's the weirdest feeling. It is a weird feeling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop with my dumb dad jokes. So Keep it going, though. But anyway... How are we doing, guys? Welcome back to My Disney Addiction... Uh, whoa, what was that? My Disney Addiction, sir. Addiction, yes. You don't even know our name. Talk about my diction. I need to work on my diction in 2020. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Rimshot, my Disney addiction podcast with your host, the Disney detective, Greg. And your number one ghost host, Chris. So, Chris, what are we doing today? What are we talking about? Well, we are talking about some movies. But before we get there, I just wanted to say, uh, sorry, guys, I was not available for one of the previous episodes here, Greg kind of took over and did a pretty much a Yule log with uh, the Disney detective. It was uh, it was fun. It was nice. It was intimate and enjoyable, at least on my end. Was it better than uh, maybe uh, a conversation with Ron Swanson? I think there's one with Nick Offerman with the Yule log, and he's just sitting there drinking <laughs> Scott. <laughs> that would have been awesome if we actually had some video along with it, yeah. because like I, I was in by a, a nice tiny fire. Oh my gosh, it was hysterical! Like Nick Offerman was sitting by a fire for like an hour, just drinking a, like sipping on a scotch, and that was it, just staring. That's the life. That is the life. I love Nick Offerman, man. It's great. Um, yeah. So, in case you guys did not know, I was not available to. Um, do any recordings due to some family uh, situations on my part, which were great situations. I actually, me and my wife, just had our second child, which is awesome. Oh, yes, thank you. congratulations. Yep, girl number two, uh, Liliana. So another a Disney addict in training. Oh, here. I'm sure. Like we, I got, I can tell you some stories. My daughter, well, side tangent here my <laughs> one wife, of the many yes my wife and my sister-in-law have told me you got to stop with the tangents but then why do i exist then yeah there is no life if there aren't any tangents yeah but me personally i go on tangents so it's like hey hashtag let me be me yeah i mean oh here's the thing i know you do a lot a lot of tangents but do you have a lot of signs and cosines too huh what is that this is my limited math background when we were doing, I want to say geometry, or it was like pre-calc. I think it was pre-calculus. You have sine, cosines, and tangents. Bro. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know what they get, are. I don't want to get into that tangent. But like, but like my daughter, I'm training her to be an amazing Disney addict. And when okay, we're... so break it down. Like, How are you training her? Oh, we watch Disney movies, okay. Disney music. Okay, like good. She has done tons of Disney coloring books. So my oldest daughter, Madeline, um, she's almost three and um we'll be in the car and we'll be turning on like disney a disney pandora station and within the first two seconds i swear not even kidding within like the first two or three seconds of a song she will know which movie it's from like within two or three notes and she's three yeah not even three. Oh my gosh 
like that's impressive yeah and my, my wife is like she's probably got your ear for uh hearing <laughs> notes and music because i was great. a music major in college so but like it's scary freaky like just three notes from the intro to monsters inc and she knows it's monsters inc like three notes from the little mermaid just that little intro and she knows what it is wow any like pretty much almost any song from any movie she can guess where it's from that is awesome and that's a perfect segue little mermaid we're going to be talking about the one the only the little mermaid today in today's episode so greg why are we talking about the little mermaid today what why are we starting the year off with that right so uh we figured out that you know it's it's high time that we pay homage to some of the disney greats some of the classic disney movies that sort of uh, encapsulated our childhood growing up, otherwise known as the Disney Renaissance movies. So basically, the Disney Renaissance happened in from 1989, and it went for 10 years until 1999. And that was when Disney animation made a resurgence after the so-called Dark Ages, and it it was basically lightning in a bottle with The Little Mermaid that pushed into that Disney Renaissance. And literally, when a lot of people think about Disney movies and the hallmark, uh, you know, stereotypes of Disney movies, they always fall to, you know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, and all those happen to be in the Disney Renaissance. So, in the month of this January, 2020, the month my of this January, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Perfect Vision 2020 year, we're going to be starting off with. Uh, what I deem as, you know, the most important Disney Renaissance movie. Now, it's not my favorite. We'll get to that later. But I believe it's the most important one since it was the one that initiated the Renaissance. And it's The Little Mermaid. Okay, so before we get into The Little Mermaid, um, so we, you said we should start off the new year giving an homage to some of the just like great disney movies now some would argue we're just doing the renaissance because we are of that specific generation that grew up with the disney renaissance so why would we not start off with you know uh snow white or go through like the you know original disney princesses or go through like the first 10 years of disney animation like why did we jump to the renaissance why do we feel or, I mean, I have my feelings sure, on it, but like, sure. let's ask you first, why do you feel going to the Renaissance first when like we've, we've kind of touched, touched on movies in the past, sure. but we're devoting like each episode to an individual movie for this upcoming month. Why would we jump to the Renaissance and not start off from the beginning? Yeah. I, I think you, you hit upon a really good point in that the Disney Renaissance is where it started for us just because that's, you know, when we were born and those were like the first movies that our parents showed us and we were living the renaissance during those formative years you know like we were you know two or three years old like how old your daughter daughter is now it just imprinted in me Mm -hmm. and i'm sure in you that these movies are just really special of course you know uh, people in different generations they might have uh different favorite disney movies that sort of made their childhood but for us at least it's it's the Disney Renaissance. And I think it's also very relevant because Disney is now doing a lot of remakes of these classic Renaissance movies. Um, and, you know, I, again, just going back, I think it's very relevant since Disney's bringing these back into the public eye. 
uh, and taking a little bit of a different stance, a little bit different point of view into retelling these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think for me, why we would start off with the Renaissance is uh, it kind of goes back to what you said a little bit. I mean, they're doing a lot of the live action movies, so why not hit on those um, specifically? But I also think it's there are certain things with like some of the older Disney movies where there are a lot of great ones. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, no need to bro. No need to lie. (laughs) I mean, you obviously have, you know, Snow White, you have Pinocchio, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. Um, you have 101 Dalmatians. Now I really do like that. that, We will definitely get into all those movies, but I think for us, for our vein, I'm passionate about a lot of Disney movies, but these in the Renaissance, just for us, are our wheelhouse. Because like you said, that's what we grew up with. I do think, though, the Disney Renaissance started a whole chain of movies and animation that for the past 20, 25 years have... Like, I would say Disney really hasn't slowed down on their ability to create good movies. No. From I mean, you got everything from... The Lion King, all the way to Toy Story, which I know is not Disney. It's Pixar when it came out. But Disney, you know, I mean, with The Lion King, Pixar, you have Frozen, you have Cars, you have, you know, um, Brave. You have a lot of movies that came out that I think stemmed from the Renaissance and the creative oomph after that. Yes, exactly. And now that you mention it, uh, a lot of things that have stemmed from the Renaissance and that have continued to do so... Uh, just happened to be TV shows. Because how many 90s Disney cartoons were there that were spin-offs of Disney Renaissance movies? That like, it? You had The Little Mermaid. You got Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. You got um, Aladdin. Yeah. You got Hercules. You know, like young Hercules. Um, not the live-action one with Ryan Gosling, even though that was fire. Ryan was, Gosling. Yes, yeah, man. But, but... He was young Hercules. Oh, you're talking about the one with Kevin... No. The live action one. I was, oh, I'm thinking of the one with Kevin Sorbo. Oh, that Hercules. guy? Okay. <laughs> so when I was five years old, that was my Halloween costume. I was this little towhead, okay? <laughs> Bleached blonde hair, you know, bowl cut guy. Yeah. And my parents bought me this uh, this foam suit. Yes, I had Kevin that same Sorbo. one. Yes, Hercules foam. Like... I was cut, man. I was, and it was like the perfect like mm-hmm. compliment to my skin color. So it looked like I was just gre- you know greased up, <laughs> this really buff five year old kid, and yeah, one of my favorite um, Halloween pictures. Sorry, tangent. One of my favorite Halloween pictures. So I have four younger brothers, and at the time there were only two um, that were born um, below me. So we were outside getting ready to trick or treat. It was me in Kevin Sorbo's um, Hercules costume. I was doing like this muscle pose. Yeah. One of my brothers was um, the 90s Wolverine, you know, from that X-Men yes. series. So he had like that that yellow and blue with like the spiky mm-hmm. uh, costume on. And he was doing like this pose with his claws. And then none other than Poe from the Teletubbies was my youngest brother. So we have this trio of quote unquote superheroes doing these like crazy like mm, intense poses you got kevin sorbo hercules wolverine and poe from the teletubbies i don't know who poe is it was epic what you don't know poe well, my brother watched it okay we got to get back on track <laughs> back on track okay here we go All right, so let's uh let's jump into um 
the little mermaid i think there's a lot that we can talk about um so kind of going into a little bit here the movie uh set off the disney renaissance time period in disney history which as you said was from 1989 to 1999 so it started with the little mermaid and ended with tarzan Um, yeah that was awful Oh, come on. That was pretty bad. Come on. That yodel? Come on. It's great. It's Tar- just... Tarzan doesn't yodel. That, okay, sorry. It is a victory cry of the bull ape. I feel like you're making that up. No. Okay, dude, do not do not get me started. I am a huge Edgar Rice Burroughs fan who wrote um, yeah. Tarzan. I have read, um, read 12 out of his 24 Tarzan books. And I kid you not, when Tarzan does that scream, that's the, he says it verbatim in his books. The victory cry of the bull ape. Wow. That's a fact. That's a Greg fact. No, but folks. that's that's a fact. A Greg fact <laughs> is not a fact. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, yes. Okay, that's a fact. I have to correct you on what your facts are. Greg facts will be coming shortly, I promise you. So there was, so the reason why this is called the Disney Renaissance is because previously, um, as far as I looked up in history, is that it seemed there was... You looked up in history. I looked up in history. So where'd you go to find this history? (laughs) Well, I went to the best place ever, Wiki. Wiki, Wiki. Wiki, Wiki. But, I mean, there were a lot of sources, but a lot of places essentially said the Dark Ages started from a lot of movies from the 1970s through, like, the mid-1980s. Okay. Um, So, I mean, you have certain movies in there, like, you have The Jungle Book, you have uh, Robin Hood, you have, uh, I think it's a... Oh my gosh, you have the Black Cauldron. Fox and Hound. Fox and the Hound. You have The Rescuers, The Great Mouse Detective, um, which I argue a lot of those movies are great. I love Disney's Robin Hood. I love The Great Mouse Detective. Oh my gosh, Basil of Baker Street. My daughter is obsessed with The Jungle Book. Yeah, Uh, it's great. It's great. And so my daughter, she says it very funny because she doesn't say necessities. She says, Dad, Daddy, Daddy, turn on Bare Cessities, Bare Cessities. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, like, I, awesome. I think there were a lot of great movies in there. So, actually, um, I, I recently was watching this phenomenal documentary on Disney+. Plus. It's called Waking Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Great. Love, love it, love it. And, actually, when they were interviewing Roy Disney about, like, this next line of movies that they were planning on doing that would sort of, you know, um, bring Disney back into the game of animation, uh, he said that they're starting with... Uh, rescuers down under i think well interesting the little mermaid was the first of the renaissance and the rescuers down under was the second oh the second in okay. the time period of the okay. renaissance but yet it seems like a lot of people skip over that yeah there are a few movies right? that people skip over yes yeah. and one of the main things was again i think from waking sleeping beauty it was jeffrey katzenberg and his decision to pull the marketing from that movie yep. and focus it on the next one which just happened to be beauty and the beast in 1991 so maybe that's why a lot of people don't really um, associate rescuers down under in the disney renaissance but roy disney definitely planned for that to be included yeah well and we'll get into it um so to kind of go into this and kind of give you an idea of what we're going to do here with all of this we're not going to get into the metrics, so I'm not going to give you no. information about box office success in the U.S. Numbers versus worldwide versus inflation. <laughs> We're not going to give you every single you know, creative director. We're not going to give you all those things. Um, 
this is going to be very bare bones um, information on the movie and then a lot of our thoughts about the movie. So, <clears throat> so starting off with The Little Mermaid, this is the 28th feature film from Disney based on Hans Christian Andersen's Tale of the Little Mermaid, which if you've ever read that is awfully horrible it's compared dark. to this one it's it ain't a walk in the park let's it, just say that it ends horribly oh my gosh yes nightmare nightmare status and not a nightmare before christmas <laughs> no which was fun <sighs> okay did you see the meme i posted of the i nightmare? did i did i love that i love that meme it's perfect uh looks like you were about to jump in what was up so yeah nightmare before christmas uh as you as we talked about lately in uh, episodes past, I have never seen it, so I, just, I decided to give it a quick once-over. I, I couldn't even make it halfway, dude. I, 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 let's get back to I The Little Mermaid it. before I kill you. Okay. I will kill you. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. Let's, let's redirect that passion, Chris, into, into The Little Mermaid. I literally want to throw my microphone at your face. Oh, gosh. Yeah. This is the, mo- the, the moneymaker, man. I have... A, I have you a do face have a, for radio, you right? You do, very much. I know. I, I have a face for uh, a padded room. That's about my <laughs> face. With, with, with the straight jacket maybe thrown in there? Yeah, hey, I can, I can get hugs from myself. You know what? That is... So I'm always happy. I love that idea. I love that mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> yes, the, Little Mermaid, right. 1989. The film yep, was released November 17th, 1989 to critical acclaim by everybody it was great um directed by uh ron clements and yep. john musker yep the famous tag team and so to kind of get into a little bit of this information and then we'll get to jump into the movie uh we got a cast here so ariel was Ooh. a jody benson Ooh. prince eric was christopher daniel barnes okay we have ursula as pat carroll samuel e wright as sebastian ariel we have Kenneth Mars as King Triton, okay. Buddy Hackett as Scuttle, oh, Scuttle, and we have Jason Marin as Flounder. There were plenty of other um, people who voiced different characters. I figured I'd just hit some of the big ones. That's kind of what we're doing with all these yeah. lists. And then music, um, and this is going to be a recurring theme in this list, but from the amazing creative genius Alan Menken. And Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman. Oh my lord! He I put is I put genius. Alan Menken first because he was gen- generally the overarching com- uh, music. Right. Um, you know, I I think Howard Ashman also would have been the overarching, um, like co-producer, co-writer of so many Disney songs. But you know, he had an untimely death. Yeah. Uh, was it in 1991? I think from, from was, HIV AIDS, unfortunately. Yeah. But so anyway, we have um, some of the top songs. I'm not going to get into the. Um, orchestral songs, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of orchestral songs that I will hit on um, when we get to them, because I think they're amazingly great. But So now that you talk about songs, let's let let's play a little bit of a game here. Oh, God. Let, let's play Guess That no. Little Mermaid song. Oh, my God, I'm going to suck at this. Okay, All right. go ahead. All right. So I brought my handy-dandy steel drum, because that's a perfect a perfect sound for this kind of movie. I see your eyes widening a little bit. I think you might be a little scared. <laughs> no, I just... So we're just... going to do a little bit of a of a guess this... Why don't you hum this it? Sound. Okay. No, no, no. Let, I, I'm going to play it with my mallets. <laughs> okay, Let's do go. It. Let's do it. <laughs> I, okay, I'm, I'm getting up. I'm moving. I'm very I'm sorry, everybody out there in the atmosphere. 
please, please. Even if you're not in this atmosphere, if you're in another atmosphere, this is not. All right, guys, this will uh, make your day. Remember that Mike's gonna pick that up really well. <laughs> okay, sound check, sound check. Okay, ready? Let's play. Let's guess this Little Mermaid song. You don't need to hit that thing that hard. <laughs> you got it. All right, ready? Kiss the girl. I just said it. I just said it like like two minutes ago. I got it by like the first 15 seconds. Okay, next song. I'm not going to lie. That actually sounds really nice. Will we get sued for you playing that whole thing? No. 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 Because I transposed some of the the notes. Okay. So we're good. Okay. So that is Kiss the Girl, correct? You get 100 billion uh, Disney Park credits. Which means what? That means it's a Greg fact. Oh, so it's nothing. Okay, great. (laughs) Okay. So number two, you ready? Oh, boy. Oh, um, part of your world. No, that was off. Okay, you are done. Nope. Nope. Okay. No, okay. No, okay. Well, anyway. okay. That was that was part of your world. <laughs> yes, part of your world. All right. Oh, part of part of your world. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It did sound very nice, actually. I did like very that. Very soothing. Okay. Thank you very much. So, ladies and gentlemen, Greg is a bit of a percussionist. Um, yes, I am. So, to get to some of the songs that are big in the movie, we have "Part of Your World," "Under the Sea," "Poor Unfortunate Souls." Ooh. Kiss the girl. Uh, les poissons. Les poissons. Les poissons. Oh la la. Les poissons. Yes, that <laughs> that is a song. That's one of my favorite songs because I minored in French, so I love singing that, and I can actually understand them. So th- that's just gonna be some of the information we're gonna get into. We're gonna kind of get into the movie now. Um. So, Greg, when was the last time you saw the movie? Last time I saw the movie was... Last night, because I told you to actually watch some of the movies in preparation. Did you do that? Yes, I did, but not Little Mermaid, because I watched that about two weeks ago. It was still pretty fresh in Monoghan. So you didn't do the homework? Um, I... So you didn't do the homework? I... I did the homework. You did one-fifth of it. <laughs> How many of the movies did you watch? I watched, uh... Okay, last night I watched two, just because the other f- six... I've seen over the past month. Yeah. It just happened that way. I'm like, I'm not going to do a full six six movie marathon last night. So you did a third grade. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but, I, but you know. No, that's okay. That's okay. People um, have memories for a reason. So I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just fall back on that because, well, A, I've seen each and every one of these Renaissance movies literally 10 times uh, in the past 10 years. So, so once I, per year, huh? Pretty much. Okay. It's perennial. I think I've seen The Little Mermaid maybe four or five times in the last two months. 
You know, that seems about accurate given your, your current uh, station as a father of a daughter. And so, so let's kind of get into the story and the let's plot. Let's do it. Let's, let's do see, it. Let's see. How much do you know of the story and the plot? And we're uh, talking about the Little Mermaid. Fair bit, actually, yeah. Fair bit. I don't know why I became a little English there, but yeah. Mermaid. Come on. Mermaid. Mermaid. Merman, Pop. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah. So basically, the uh, the movie starts out with uh, Prince Eric's birthday party mm-hmm. out at sea, and Ariel, uh, the ever uh, ambitious and curious mermaid, uh, is drawn to it because they're they're fireworks, and uh, she she goes to the the ship to you know see this very lovable, affectionate, shaggy dog. And uh, and this this boy that she just is enraptured with, love at first sight, um, and th- that's basically gonna be a huge theme throughout the whole movie of her trying to win him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then obviously the so I mean kind of going over like the whole story plot like King Triton, her father. Yeah, sorry, does not... I was very specific at the beginning. So yeah, anyway, you caught one line. <laughs> one one story arc. Yep. Boom. There you go. Um. So I That's mean, to kind of go through like the plot and the story, obviously, uh, King Triton, ruler of Atlantis or the ocean or seven seas or whatever you want to say, he essentially has a role with his people. They're not allowed to go to the surface. Not allowed to interact with humans. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls them barbarians, uh, which is for me interesting because he has a trident. But yeah. uh, so. Ariel's obsessed with the surface world, not necessarily obsessed with Prince Eric right away, but obsessed with the idea of the surface world and what they have to offer. She finds a shipwreck, finds some stuff, sees Scuttle, Triton's like, never go up there. Like you said, eventually runs into Eric. Triton finds out about it, that he saved, uh, she saved his life. He goes nutso in her cave of wonders, essentially. Oh, yes. See, to, to this day, that scene hurts me. Yeah. Oh, just the way that he just lays waste to it. Yeah. And then she ends up going to Ursula to try to get some help. Ursula um, essentially says, I'll give you an offer. If you don't fulfill the terms of what the offer entails, then this is what I get and this is what you have to lose. Yep. So basically it's a Faustian bargain. Well, it's not even that. It's an actual, it's a legit contract that has terms, conditions, and clauses. It's not... There's nothing wrong with it. Actually, no. in the movie, Triton and the Little Mermaid, Ariel, are literally trying to break a contract. And <laughs> right. Ursula was very upfront right away throughout the whole thing. This is what I'll offer. If you don't, this is what will happen. And she she didn't try to hide anything there. It was very clear. This is what you have to do. But, but here's the thing, though. I think the reason why I can um, forgive Triton and Ariel for trying to break the contract is, is because Ursula sort of reneged on, on on her promise where she was trying to sabotage her chances because I think in the contract it says if you don't get you know Eric Prince Eric to kiss you after like you know um, like one day or whatever you know you will forever three days I think yeah or like then you will become my little gross shriveled up servant yeah and so uh, she was trying to sabotage it because she took Ariel's voice and then she tried to, you know, whisk Eric away. And so then they wouldn't be able to do the kiss. 
And of course, she has her eels, flotsam, and jetsam trying to break them up. Flotsam during, and jetsam, yep. During the, uh, the kiss the girl sequence. So, you know, all's fair in love and war. So, eventually that, so we get through all that, that essentially the whole story, Ursula, I mean, Ariel eventually gets legs. She ends up, you know, going to the shore and like she be befriends the prince and back and forth they have fun together he doesn't really know if this is a girl he really likes her but he's trying to find this girl with the voice right. ursula uses the voice just you know pretends to be a beautiful woman as well then tries to marry him you know ariel finds out everybody comes to save the day eventually eric runs a ship right through her boom yeah, that's a horrible way Full to die. Full speed ahead. And then, you know... She deserved it, though. She had it coming. And then eventually, uh, Ariel... Uh, I mean, Triton sees that Ariel really does love this man. He gives her legs, and then they live happily ever after. Um, yep. So that's essentially the plot, the storyline. Yep. So if you had to boil it down, Chris, what would you say the, the theme for this movie is? Like, what is that, like, mantra... Of the, of the Little Mermaid. I'm a whiny 16-year-old girl who wants what she wants and then goes behind her dad's back and gets what she wants and then when everything goes wrong and hits the fan and instead of learning her lesson and actually being punished for disobeying, uh, her dad gives her what she wants anyways. Uplifting. There you go. <laughs> like, legit. It's what happens <laughs> it in is. the movie. It is, yeah. Like, honestly, Literally. like, this is... And so, like, this is one of those things where... I don't mind the movie. I like the movie. And a lot of people will say, well, there's a lot of movies that are like that. I get that. But um, with this one, there is literally a whole lot of just disobey, disobey, disobey. Yeah. Just not listen, not listen, not listen. And there's a whole thing where a lot of these kind of like movies, it's like, oh, well, it's a kid's movie. It's like, yeah, but we... It has life lessons, too. It's like, don't get over your head. You have to understand what the consequences are to your actions. You know, well, like the thing is, as a dad... They're a lot of control. Yeah, as a dad, it's like... When I tell you to do something, I have reasons. Like, as much as, like, I'm sorry to say, as much as teenagers, let me let me put it this way. Everybody is ignorant at every single stage of life. Right. Because they haven't experienced something else in life that somebody else has. Ignorance doesn't mean you're stupid. You just don't know. That's yeah. not a hit on your in integrity. That's not a hit on your intelligence. You just don't know. I've never bought, you know, uh, I've never bought a house. Right? So I'm ignorant of buying a house. That's not saying I'm a stupid person. Right. Yeah. You just don't know the process. You don't yeah. know like what to do, where to go. So like when kids, whether that's teenagers, because I've worked in youth groups at church and I've worked with kids a lot. My wife is a school counselor. You know, I have kids. It's not that we think kids are stupid. It's just when you go from high school to college, that's a huge difference. When you go from grade school to high school, that's a huge difference. When you're out of college to the workforce, that is a huge difference. You just don't know. It's not anything bad about you. You just don't know. So when somebody says, don't do this, that's going to hurt you. You should not do this or you're not allowed to do this. It's not because somebody wants to screw you over. It's because they want to protect you. It's the same thing for our jobs, right? Like how many times do our managers tell us, I don't want to see you do this or take the chance of doing this because you could lose your job because of it it's not because right. they don't want to hold you it's not because they want to hold you back from making money no. or doing well they want to protect you yeah and they know because they've been in that position before or you know they, they they have more i guess experience under their belts to give us some advice yeah and so that's where like even like we were me and my wife tried to watch a little mermaid show and every single episode triton says don't do this ariel does this 
And the whole point of the show is, oh, eventually everything works out in Ariel's favor and she'll always be right. It's like, well, that's not always true. No. Yeah. There isn't a happily ever after in every story. Yeah. You know? And I'm and I'm not trying to be like that annoying, like, oh, you're such cynical. A, I'm, it's not. It's it's just one of those things. No, it's because having a little girl right. now, yeah. it's one of those things. It's like what she watches, she takes in. Like, right. It's it's just a fact. Whatever you take in, that's going to affect who you are. Oh, for sure. So, like when we when our daughter watches it, we tell her, you know, that was wrong. She disobeyed her dad. You should not disobey your dad and mom. Because. Me and my wife, we want to, you know, do well by our kids. We want to raise our kids right. We want to give our kids tons of blessings. We want to help them. We want to love them. You know, all that stuff. So when we tell you don't do something, that's because we see something that you don't see. But you also got to remember, just because we say don't do one thing, that doesn't negate all the other good things that we've been trying to do the rest of your life. Right. And this movie essentially tries to show, like, See, like he loves, she loves this guy, and your dad's trying to hold you back from that. Don't do that. Like, if you truly love somebody like that, then be fine with it. Now, granted, like 16, depending on what culture you're from, that's very different. But, I mean, you can't stop somebody from doing something. I get that. I just feel like a lot of Disney movies don't, and I understand. There's a point of which we got to dispend reality, have fairy tales, have fun in movies. Um, it's just one of those movies overall I did like. I thought the movie was entertaining. It's just one of those things where I really saw Ariel as very much you're just whining and trying to get whatever you want out of yeah. out of everybody else's expense and dragging your friends along in the dirt to cover up against a king. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, I think when it boils down just like listen to your elders, you know, you when when you don't understand like the full complexity of what's going on in life but yet you still want to go out and get it like i do admire that that curiosity or that sense of you know trying to learn for yourself but again there's a reason why you have parents mentors advisors because they want to put you down the road to where you can learn that but not pay the ultimate price you know yeah so um even though that like this movie is phenomenal i love it there are a lot better uh, Disney movies that have better lessons, yeah. Um, especially the, like the direction and the path the main characters take. We'll get into that in later episodes. But again, uh, this th- this lesson for the Little Mermaid, I think, could be could have been a little bit stronger. Because you think about it, it's like there was no real personal growth with Ariel. No, because like because at the end it worked out. Like oh, okay, like I I got the man of my dreams. I have legs, and my daddy still loves me. Like, it was one of those things where it's like, in the beginning, she missed, you know, Sebastian's concert because she wanted to do something. And, like, literally, at the end of the movie, she's sitting on that stupid rock, which somehow, like, a wave just shoots up, and then it's just magical. It doesn't push her over the rock somehow. No, it's just, she's on fleek. Like, her hair's perfect. It's glimmering. Uh, Yeah. Is is fleek still a term? Whatever. Um, It is. That's a Greg fact. So, it's one of those things where it's like, she's, at the end of the movie... She's just sitting there looking at the shore like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. This is who I really wanted to be with. Like, this is what I want. This is what I want. Right. And then the dad eventually gives it to her. And then she looks at the dad like, oh, you're going to give me what I want? I'm so happy. It's like, okay. So eventually the whole movie, there was really, because like throughout all of it, 
Sebastian, don't tell my dad. Sebastian, don't tell my dad about the this founder, cave. Don't tell my dad yeah, either. Like all this stuff, like keep it secret, keep it secret, keep it secret. And the only time they keep, they open their mouths is when Ariel's going to die. Like a whole kingdom's going to get destroyed and yeah. somebody's going to take over the whole seas. Yeah. Say, like, oh, Talk so high when, stakes. Yeah. So it's like when the crap hits the fan, then let's go run to our parents. Right. It's like, to me, it's like, there was there was literally like no character development in this. No. Not at all. Like I could not like like a different movie would be like Mulan, she develops. There's a difference between Simba, he develops. Hercules develops. He develops. Pocahontas, you know. Like every like a lot of other characters develop in their movies. And I think there's a lot of great things in this, but we, we'll keep going. Yes. Let's just keep going. Yes. Because um, there's great so much. discussion, though. I like that. I, I like how we're sort of breathing more truth into, you know, instead of just praising, oh, my gosh, great movie, great message. This message could be a lot stronger. It's not the greatest, but still. Overarchingly, I think a lot of points the movie hit were really good. So let's talk. I agree. About, yeah. Okay. So let's hit some Go of into this. it. Um, what do you think? Because my wife, my sister-in-law brought up this question to me yesterday because um there we were talking about what we were going to hit on for this next series and they're like oh well which intro of those do you think is the best so what do you think about the intro with the little mermaid i mean it starts off in the water you have like all of a sudden like dolphins are swimming and then you see peep like mermaid swimming it's great it's great so i, I i'm a huge fan of animation go figure <laughs> in, in the beginning of this movie you know how they they actually created it to where you actually think they're filming it underwater like they have that blurred effect with the fish swimming by and just the music it feels like very flowy and you know just one with the sea and i i just love that it it transported me into that world under the sea was a huge fan it was a nice way to pick up and introduce this movie so um, I thought the intro was pretty good. I mean, it's, there's not a whole lot of undersea like movies and things like no. that. So, like, I feel like this was a very whenever I watch it, I feel like this is a very different Disney movie. Yeah, like it's I mean, a there's twenty thousand. Yeah, there's twenty thousand leagues under the sea. There's Atlantis. Um, there's a lot of them. But whenever I watch The Little Mermaid, I feel like, man, this is a Disney movie, but it feels so different because it is under the sea. It's not like any of the other ones. Right. And even the colors, too, in the beginning, they're muted. Yes. uh, Which makes it more realistic, too, especially with, like, the time frame. uh, Yeah. I guess the era in which that they wanted to set set the movie. So who is your favorite character and why? Oh, my gosh. So uh, years before when... You know, I would watch The Little Mermaid. I loved, 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 loved uh, Sebastian. He was my go-to man. Uh, I love putting on the Jamaican accent. Uh, and I just loved his his character. Granted, he didn't develop as much, um, you know. But I, I really did like his stance to where, you know, he's loyal to the king, but he's also... Um, he wants to protect uh, Ariel, but he also has that soft spot to understand, like, you know, I see where, you know, like, what's hurting her. I'm going to try to help her out as best as I can. So Sebastian was my favorite for the longest time, but when I watched it recently, I just couldn't get enough of Scuttle. I loved Scuttle. 
and sort of how he put on this uh, this confidence about him to where he's like, oh yeah, that's a dingle hopper, or like he's like naming these random um, oozits and whatsits, and you know, like, Ariel's taking it at face value, and like Scuttle's like the guy you, you, you go to, like you know, he's the person that if you have an issue or a trouble or you, or you need something. Scuttle's the man to get it, or in this case, a seagull. So he was great. Loved Scuttle. And he was the one who I think sort of set the ending in motion, right? Because he was the one that flew in um, and he saw Ursula in front of the, the mirror. mirror yep. And he's like, oh my God, that's the sea witch, you know? Yep. So I'm like, that guy is the one who started it in motion to then uh, save the movie. He saved the movie. Scuttle is, is the unsung hero. How about you, Chris? Who's your favorite character? I would have to go with Sebastian. I love Sebastian's character. Uh, I mean, musically talented. I think he has Mm. funny moments. I think he has the serious moments. He has the compassionate. He wrestles the tensions of trying to care for this child um, or teenager who obviously has real passions. And once again, I don't want this to turn into I hate kids. And I don't (laughs) believe people have dreams and passions they shouldn't chase after. Right. Um, But I like how Sebastian... Like empathize, empathizes with her, tries to help her, but he also understands that he has responsibilities to the king as an advisor, and he skirts that line of, okay, how can I do what the king wants, but not like undermine that this girl has real feelings. Right, exactly. And um, the funny thing was, before Howard Ashman was brought in to help work with the songs of The Little Mermaid, uh, the directors, Musker and Clements, they were... Uh, envisioning uh, the advisor to the king, so the crab to be this English posh, like butler sort of character. Yeah. But Howard Ashman was the one who's like, hey, what if we make him Jamaican? They're like, Jamaican, what? And then he showed him the under the sea, you know, like Rastafarian reggae yeah. vibe. They're like, oh my gosh, this could work. Let's make him Jamaican. <laughs> you know, like they had no idea. First, like, he came out of left field, but hey, it turned out to be great because <laughs> Sebastian's again one of our favorite characters yep. in the movie. Uh, who is your least favorite character? Least favorite character in the movie. Wow, you know all of them. Like they've, they're, they're again fleshed out great. Um, uh, I do not know. So it's, it's not based on a character that I dislike. It's just my, like the person, even or, one that's lackluster. Yeah. Um, I don't know, pr- probably Triton, King Triton. Mm. Yeah, like, because I was, after just surveying all of the characters in my mind, yeah, I, I, I came to him uh, just because he was sort of the stick in the mud, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of pushed Ariel to go to these lengths to, you know, find her man or to uh, get that acceptance, uh, you know, uh, to try to break away from his, his strangling hold. Uh, I I think he could have handled it a little bit better, uh, just because I think he didn't know, exact he didn't understand the barbarians, you know, or the humans on um, like outside of the sea. So I think his fear for that and maybe his unwilling—I don't even know if he's you know interacted with humans. Maybe he's just heard stories like, oh, they you know hunt us or you know they 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 take the like the the sea wildlife. Um, away from us so i think maybe he had this predisposition to ultimately just hate humans that uh sort of 
rolled into his, um, I guess, his, uh, I guess, his, his rearing of Ariel. And when she is curious or she if she's falling in love with a human, you know, he just kiboshes it right away. So I didn't really like the way he took to disciplining uh, Ariel or to trying to push her away because that only made her rebel more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the main reason. And, and again, going back to her her grotto, when he destroyed it, I was like, dude, not cool. Yeah. Not cool. What um, about you? I think my least favorite characters would just characters. have... Char- character, actually, oh, okay, okay, okay. would have like, to oh, probably be uh, Flounder. I just found him like a kind of pointless don't be such a guppy (laughs) he's such a pointless like character to me he just he literally swims around and just says random things okay okay yeah the only useful thing he did is he helped ariel when she had legs like pull her to the ship hey that's important (laughs) and if i'm not mistaken flounders aren't that big but somehow he's gigantic yeah Um, yeah again a disney liberty taken (laughs) (laughs) um so We'll kind of speed this along because yeah. we're getting already at almost 40, not being not like we are 50 Cl- minutes here. Closing in. Okay. Um, What would you say your favorite song and least favorite song of the Ooh, movie is? Okay. My favorite song would have to be Kiss the Girl. I always love that. I'm always in a mood uh, whenever it comes on. You're always in the mood to kiss a girl? Always in the mood to kiss the girl, man. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just a great song. I love the melody. I love that easygoing vibe. Uh, again, whenever it comes on to my playlist, I never skip it. I even have a shirt that says "Go on and kiss the girl." A big, you know, mugshot of Ariel. Um, yeah, just and plus, just the music video or you know the scene that goes along with it is is so great. I love how Sebastian brings in all the other like fish, frogs, birds, birds together to create this divine scene like it's nothing less than divine in my opinion (laughs) i know high praise but i am a sucker for kiss the girl uh my least favorite would have to be the royal song in the beginning okay when all of ariel's sisters are you know being introduced for me it feels a little too uptight uh and doesn't go with the flow of the rest of the songs in the movie. You know, I think maybe they were it was designed for that, you know, to saying, oh, this is the Atlantean court, this is like the royalty. And uh, it's a very old fashioned vibe, yeah. uh, but again, it makes sense that Ariel wasn't there. Like she doesn't find, um, I guess, uh, enjoyment in that just because she's so different. And I think that's what the movie also does. Like there's so many different songs that go off base to that you know, rigid, um, traditional, you know, uh, type of music. So that would be my least favorite. Okay. Uh, yeah. So my favorite song would have to be uh, Under the Sea. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a staple. It's just a it's fun great. movie. Just the different uh, kind of voices that the different fish have. Yeah, want, it, want me to play it on the steel drum? No. Uh, <laughs> it was... Give it a shot. It was very, very... I don't know. It was just a very fun song. I liked it a lot. My least favorite song would have to be Part of Your World. Really? Yeah, I did not like that you song. You know, that was Jeffrey Katzenberg's least favorite song, and he was the one who motioned to get it um, kicked out of the yep. movie. He's like, doesn't make sense, doesn't fit, slows it down halfway through. Why do we have it? Yeah. I mean, 
I get why they put it in there. I just that's great. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you could have done that without the song. You could have shown that without having the song. But in true Disney fashion, they need to move the story forward through song. Yeah. Um, my so that was yeah. my favorite, my least favorite. Okay. Um, so what scene? in the movie is your favorite yeah i think you said kiss the girl yes kiss the girl i think it goes hand in hand with my favorite song i love that scene the way that it's shot the way that it's drawn again they just bring in every possible animal or they use everything in the scene which i think is great and you just have these two people who are just so deeply in love that like they don't realize that the wildlife around them is like singing like come on go on and kiss the girl like come yeah i got this it's great and uh, and Disney does such a great job with animating it that you can actually feel the love or that spark between them. It's like, okay, like you're really pulling like, okay, Ariel, get that kiss so you can get what you want, you know, so Ursula doesn't win. Um, and then, of course, you have the heartbreak at the end when the eels knock the boat over and they go into the water. So, Yeah. Um, my favorite would have to be... Um, the the French chef scene. Oh my gosh! When he yes. sings Les Poissons. We oui, we. Oui. Uh, I thought that was a funny scene. I liked the music. The chef is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. I think that was my favorite scene. Yep. In the movie. Great. Yeah. Um, that's up there for me too. But did you know that in the live action? Well, not the live action, but it's the. Uh, I think it was the live musical adaptation of the Mermaid. Um, John Stamos was the French chef, the guy who plays Uncle Jesse in Full House. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, okay, was not expecting that. I mean, I always knew he, he could sing, and he's a great musician as well, but when he got cast as the French chef, I'm like, all right, all right, we'll, we'll see how he, how he does, and I think he did a pretty good job. So let's take a look here. We got a couple more questions, then right. we'll uh, wrap up cool, here. Cool, cool, So how do you think Ursula stacked up? as a Disney villain compared to some of the other Disney villains. Throughout Disney. I think she was very strong. Uh, I think Pat Carroll did a phenomenal job voicing her, bringing that level of um, sort of a con woman, uh, but also one that you don't want to mess around with. It's like, she's a little sketchy, uh, but she knows how to get her way and how to manipulate people, which I think is a very, very uh, dangerous trait and a perfect one to have for a Disney villain. Okay. How about you? Um, I think overall, I mean, I thought she was a good villain. I don't think, I would not put her as my most intimidating, scary. No, the, there are others, but I think she she fits the bill very well, especially for this movie and, and what they were going for. Yeah, I think she, I think it was great. Um, Disney princess, how do you think Ariel stacks up versus a lot of the other Disney princesses? Honestly, not as high. Not as high. Yeah, I'd agree again, with you. it just it just goes with her mentality and what she did to get her way. Uh, and again, just no real growth in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, she has a phenomenal voice. Jodie Benson does a great job. I'm not knocking her for that. But Jodie Benson is great. The character the, Ariel. No, no, it's it's not. She's not the best. Uh, but again, I think they had to write her that way for the story. Um, there are uh, other Disney princesses that I think have a better. Um, path in their own movies yeah um so we wrap up with one last question here all right um what are your overall thoughts about the movie and would this be the best disney renaissance movie for you 
So the question, <laughs> sorry, you, you just said it. Okay, um, so what were your thoughts of the movie as a whole, like okay. overall? Yeah. Like it, dislike it, mediocre, and do you think it was the best Disney Renaissance movie? Oh, sure. So um, overall, I think it was a, a very well done movie. Uh, if I had to give it a score out of 10, I'd probably give it an 8. Uh, I, I always love watching it. And again, it, it, it's hard to put down a movie that started the Disney Renaissance that was lightning in, in the bottle. Everything came together because Disney was in shambles before that. They got in like the right writers, the right directors, the right uh, producers, as well as the music and the voice talent. So I think everything just came together. It was a perfect storm. Uh, the animation is wonderful. Like you said, with it being, you know, under the sea or in water, not a lot of animation, you know, chooses to go that, that way. And just the humor as well. Because uh, I think maybe with you being a father, you can sort of get the humor, especially with like maybe the the frustration of King Trident and then Sebastian, you know, just trying to deal with this this overzealous um, girl who's trying to come into her own, who wants to explore. Uh, I, I think it's, yeah, just a great movie, uh, a, a good one to start off with uh, in, in the Disney Renaissance. Don't have real, really any complaints. Is it, the only thing is maybe I, I, I wish Ariel's progression or growth could have been a little bit more stronger okay. in the movie. Yeah. But, but second half of the question, uh, is it my favorite Disney do you think movie. it's the no not your favorite do you, do you think, think it's, it's the a, best disney renaissance movie no i i don't think it's the best disney renaissance movie um i we'll think we'll get there we'll yes, get there we will get there okay How so you, sir what, what, i what's thought overall take? i thought a lot of the theming a lot of the themes of the movie music uh animation um uh like i said theming went great i think it brought us back to what disney was known for and great for um plot wise i thought it was good uh, character development-wise, I thought there was really not much there for pretty much any of the characters. Uh, maybe Sebastian a little bit, but really not that much for any of them. Um, yeah. So, I, if I had to give it a score out of 10, I'd probably give it maybe a 7. Okay. Um, I thought it was... I mean, I, I, I do I understand the historical significance of it? And Yes, I do. But if we're comparing it to other Disney Renaissance movies, I think there are much better Disney Renaissance movies. If we're comparing it to what helped change the disney um empire throughout history i think it's one of the top ones then yes i agree yeah uh, all right so that is it ladies and gentlemen we are done for the first episode of 2020 wow 2020 it was sir. a good one a good one to start off if i do say so myself i have labeled myself as the grumpy old dad who doesn't have any fun apparently <laughs> but um so greg where can people find us Yes, so uh, we are on all the social medias. On Facebook, you can find us at My Disney Addiction Podcast. Twitter, our handle is at My Disney Addicts. And don't forget the gram. Gram it up on Instagram. It is my underscore Disney yeah. underscore addiction underscore, underscore podcast. Yep. Quite the mouthful, but still, check us out. We try to post uh, every day or every, every other day just to keep things relevant and fresh. Uh, try to lighten up your day because uh, that's the Disney way. Oh, boom. There we go. I like there that. Is. All right, man. All right. So I think we are good to go. 
if there's any way that you guys want you guys can follow us message us through any of those mediums and we will definitely get back to you yes i actually had somebody just um message me message us on instagram and i was interacting with her back and forth and so it's going to be great we definitely want to interact with you i mean there's messaging options on twitter and facebook and uh, instagram so definitely please reach out to us we want to hear from you guys uh, we want to hear where you're from, you know, all that stuff, so we can add you onto the podcast. We want your name, where you're from, and how long you've been a Disney addict. We would love to get you in on that, whether you re- if you record just a little audio clip or a little video clip of that information, and then we can put it on the podcast. And then also, uh, maybe if you guys uh, follow us and how much interaction, you know, me and Greg have with you through those mediums, you never know. Maybe we might try to get you on the podcast one day. I think that'd be great. It would be fun to get some of our guests on the podcast. The more the merrier. All right. I agree. All right. So we're going to turn things over here. Uh, We're going to finish it off with uh, a a quote, quote of the episode. Uh, I think it's fitting to go with uh, a quote from The Little Mermaid since we're talking about that movie. Um, And again, I think this quote really does encapsulate also the theme of the movie. Uh, But it's from Sebastian, none other than our favorite Jamaican crab. Uh, he says, hmm, teenagers, they think they know everything. You give them an inch, they swim all over you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right, guys. There's my attempt. It was, it's been fun. We will catch you guys next time. That was a Titan Cast episode.